0: Log Talk Radio
1: okay.
2: All right, my minions, welcome to the balance. My name is Tom Marquis. Stone Presidente. We do this thing called the balance every Saturday morning where the great minds get together and guide through the world of sports. Well, one great mind is mine. I'm on loan from God with you guys. That's okay. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all here for you. My name is Tom Marquis. El Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, we've got a ton of stuff to talk about, everything from the NFL to racing to NASCAR to IndyCar. You've got it. We've got it in the mixed bag and ready to go. Uh, we're bringing back <clears throat> we're bringing back Fantasy Football Huddle. That's right. Can I get it? amen?
1: Amen.
2: Fantasy Football Huddle. We've got a couple uh, of uh, fantasy uh, uh, football managers that I work with and are uh, playing with in a fantasy football who have assured me of their greatness and excellence. Uh, So we'll have Nate and John on here in just a few moments. Actually, we'll be talking about what they're doing, what we're looking for in the draft as we bring back the fantasy football puddle. I need to get a little wheel, spin the wheel, say, all right, here we're talking about tight ends. We're talking about running backs. We'll we'll figure that out. Then in the next segment, we got, um, Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, he's down in Daytona. He'll break down all of the last night's action in Xfinity. Uh, a lot, of, a, lot of t- that, little, uh, a lot of talk about that. A little, a lot to talk about. A little time to do it, if you will. We talk about the Xfinity race last night, uh, and then that we've got. The, look forward to today's Cup race, and then Tony Donahue is out in St. Louis at Gateway to help us break down tomorrow's IndyCar race in St. Louis and uh, then we ended it all up wrap it up and put a bowl on it ed crowd speed rider in uh, the philadelphia eagles at si.com he was just uh with the, the the colts uh who were out there this past week obviously that's our homer team or at least one of our homer teams that we have here on the show is we're located high atop the balance studios in indianapolis indiana uh so uh, he's going to be joining us and we're going to be talking about not only the colts but and the Eagles, but we're going to try to get around uh, the uh, NFL as the final preseason comes to a wrap. And, you know, teams are doing that one big uh, cut. Uh, and uh, we'll see uh, how, how that goes. Also, make sure you check everything out at the balance, www, www, balance on the balance sportscast.com. We just redid it. So I'm still getting everything to uh, to flow off my, My tongue, if you will. My name is Tom Marcus. Stick around. It's about to get good right here on the Balance Radio Network.
3: Hi, this is a good one. Kind of groovy. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I, it, I, I can't believe it. I've been playing 4-on-4 with a barber quartet.
2: Pass
4: the the we open, just
5: the ball.
4: Nah, I can't believe how
5: easy
2: it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe
5: it, Skycar could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
0: Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda.
6: Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is ah, that thing?
0: It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. No, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
3: Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh hey. i
1: seen on the board. Do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, um, you know, Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. you know what this is? This is Massa Le Croix Piquet. Do you have any? You know what? Actually I'm I'm just gonna order it. make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. <laughs> uh-huh, uh huh. Yeah. Rihanna.
3: Uh-huh. uh-huh. Good girl going back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fake three. Uh-huh. Action. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No clouds in my stones. Let it rain. I your plane in the bank. <clears throat>
2: All right, my minions, welcome back to the balance. What are you Mark Marcus Dale Presidente, about time to get things kicked off here uh, as we bring back our fantasy football huddle. Make sure you got your Black Rifle Coffee, as I do every Saturday morning right here in the Balance Studios high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee. It's, it's, I tell you what, if you support the veterans, it's a great organization. They really help uh, veterans as they come back into the civilian world. And the good thing about it is when you buy a bag, you give a bag. So uh, mine is dedicated to the Army, but you can dedicate it to the first responders, what have you. When you buy a bag, a bag is automatically donated. My, my friend's uh, son is uh, in the Navy on a destroyer. That's all they serve is Black Rifle Coffee. BlackRifleCoffee.com. they got more than coffee, by the way. T-shirts, mugs, it all. got a Yeti. they got it all. At uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com well, Let's get things going Joining me now is two legends in the fantasy football world Or at least I've been told uh, John Trapp and Nathan Snyder We'll start with you, John Good morning, welcome to The Balance You're Ready to talk some fantasy football with us, sir Hey, good morning, Tom Can you hear me all right? I can hear you just fine, buddy uh, How's how's your Saturday? You, you stayed in the air, a Hot uh, week this week yeah,
4: Saturday morning's going well. Also got some coffee poured here, um, just right. hanging
2: around the house. Hey, you know, I know you're also a soccer expert, so from time to time we'll lean on you for some soccer uh, talk, that's, that's for sure. But also, Nate Schneider uh, joins us as well. Uh, Nate, uh, how are you doing? Welcome to the balance, sir.
0: I'm doing well. You know, my Saturday's not as leisurely as a John's, because we have an upcoming fantasy football battle here, so... You know, I woke up at 5 this morning reading through the rankings, reading what people are saying about teams here. So, you know, it's like, like lunchtime to me now. I've been studying up real hard here.
2: Got a half a day's work done already, don't you? Well, and, and, and full disclosure, you guys, you guys play in my my league, and we've all worked together. We'll leave the company name anonymous right now because uh, they don't pay for any advertising space. But no, no. But, uh, yeah, we all three uh, work together. We're colleagues, but we've got a fantasy league uh, going at work. It's the first time all three of us have played together, at least uh, uh, us three uh, involving me, have played together. So there's a lot of different things to break down. So let's just kind of break down, and and we'll just kind of go through uh, different ways. As we do have our draft coming up this next week, you know, a lot of uh, players, a lot of managers really like to strategize, and other players just kind of what we say, wing it. And sometimes both strategies can be very, very effective. John Trap, what's your strategy as you prepare for your draft coming up here this weekend?
4: Yeah, I'm I'm listening to podcasts like Nate said. He might think my morning was leisurely, but I'm I'm all over the internet looking for resources, <laughs> listening to podcasts every week on draft strategy. Um, I will say the the main thing that I don't do in, in my fantasy drafts is uh, take a quarterback or a tight end too early. I think there's only a couple that are worth it, and they usually go earlier than I'd want to take them.
2: You know, I do agree with you on that. I, I mean, well, actually, never draft a, a kicker or a defense first. So you, you, there's that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I always I'm, – I'm under the same theory. Never, and we'll get into some quarterbacks here in just a minute. We'll kind of go through a, a little little bit of a small mock, mock draft. I know we've only got about 20 minutes or so. Uh, but we'll try to get into just a, a quick uh, – uh, In-and-out uh, small draft if, if we can. But I totally agree with you on that. Uh, Nate, what's your strategy as you prepare for uh draft this weekend? Next weekend? Yeah, without this weekend? Showing card, much. You might be having?
0: I'm having quite a few. But without showing too much, my biggest thing is the team health. I want to see how good the team is as far mm-hmm. as, you know – our local team here in Indianapolis, some could say, you know, there's some issues there that maybe there's not, so maybe I'll stay away from some players from Indianapolis. But I like to see, you know, how if, if there's a small injury at play or what's the team health like. Is that player going to play through? Is he going to, you know, score me points when I need him or is he going to sit on the bench? What's the team health where are they probably going to be playing for at the end of the year? That's kind of what I look at there.
2: Well, that certainly is a great strategy, and, and, and certainly health has got to be a very major important. Part of it. One, one of the ways that I do draft is, is I, I've kind of done this and it's done me well over the years, is I typically will start with, without, again, leaning to who might – again, it falls you, where you fall in the order, but I do running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. Uh, typically, in, maybe not in that order, sometimes I'll start with a wide receiver, but typically I'll get my running backs and wide receivers off. Uh, pretty quickly, obviously, and, and running backs will score your points at fantasy football, As we just talked about quarterbacks isn't a major concern because they are going to be there, and the only way that they're going, they're going to uh, score uh, points off of a quarterback is either through their running game or their passing game, and so they have to do something on the field, so the quarterbacks will definitely be there. Another strategy that I don't subscribe to that I know a lot of uh, fantasy football is I don't really pay a lot of attention to uh, the bye week. And I say that because not that they're not important, but because of the fact that we're drafting a numerous amount of people, a lot of things can happen throughout the year. Ideally, or most commonly, I should say, is injury. Uh, So you've got a quarterback running back, and you've got them locked up because of five weeks. Okay, great, we're good to go. And then one or the other one gets hurt, and now you've got a situation to where you've got to – pick somebody up off the waivers, release them, put, it, put them on IR. doesn't always match up at the end of the year with the bye week. So the bye weeks is quite important to pay attention to, but I don't really make that my, one of my sources of truth. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on a bye week draft?
4: Yeah, I'm mostly in line with you. I'd say you probably don't want your top four players all on the same bye week. It uh, seems like kind of a, an automatic loss, but other than that, I'm not I'm not paying too much attention to it either. Nate, what are your thoughts on the bye week? Same. If
0: you start paying attention to all that, it starts to be too complex. There's too many layers, too many things you're worried about. Uh, my thought is if you have one game for – because you have a few players on bye week, so be it. You know, if your team's good enough and you can pick up more wins throughout the season, at the end of the season, there aren't any bye weeks there in playoffs. So, uh, yeah, to me, it's kind of a – Back burner type thing. It's kind of an afterthought.
2: All right, guys, well, we've got just a few moments here. Uh, let's go ahead and do just a quick, uh, quickie uh, mock draft, if you will. Uh, we'll just assign uh, to Team Tripp, Team Snyder, and El Presidente. So real easy three-team uh, pick up, and we'll just go through here just to see how many that we can kind of get through. When you, get, when you give us your pick, just kind of tell us why you picked with that person, and why you're going with that person. And, you know, not, you don't necessarily have to use the same person you're going to use in your real draft, especially our real draft. So, um, total randomizer, creative number between one and three, and that number is two. So, that is assigned to you, Nate, and then and then you, John, and then me, and then we'll snake back around. So, with uh, with the uh, first pick in the 2023 mock draft uh, here on the, on the balance, we'll see. Hold on, I gotta get. You gotta have this, man. You gotta have this. I meant to. I meant to have that lined up. All right, with the first pick of the twenty twenty three mock draft, with the balance, uh, Nate. Team Nate, what what say you, sir? Nate okay. says
0: Josh Allen, first round quarterback.
2: Okay, you just take Josh Allen, first round quarterback.
0: After, what we, After what we just talked about. After what we just talked.
2: Exactly. <laughs> After Josh what we Allen has done,
0: Oh, I know. He has done me so well in the past. I've had him every year on at least one of my teams and have not regretted it. So I am going to stick with Josh Allen. If I can get him on one team,
2: he's my guy. He's your guy. All right. Uh, Josh Allen. And I'm not uh, I'm not writing this down, so you guys are going to have to commit to Mary Mary. Or one of you great fellows can write this down as, as we uh, move along. With well, the number two pick in the first – all right, I'll, I'll stop at the number two. John Tripp, uh, who's your first overall pick?
4: Oh, man. Well, you know, I'm not going to go against the mainstream here, and thank you for leaving him to me, Nate. I think you could have got Josh Allen in the second or third round, um, actually with only three people, probably even later than that. I'm going with Justin Jefferson, um, just an absolute monster, target monster, yards after catch monster.
2: Um, no reason to go against the, the trend here. <laughs> well, that's that's who I had my eye, eye on as well. So, you know, here, here's the thing. I am going to still hold on to this guy for another year. I've drafted him in multiple leagues in years past over when he's in Carolina. I'm hoping that a new scene in the new coast will be a good thing I'm going to with Christian McCaffrey uh, as as my number one overall pick. And one of two things is going to happen here. I'm going to get burnt big time with Christian McCaffrey, or he's finally going to find his own and be that fantasy stud that he used to be. Uh, Round two, I guess. We'll start with with you, Nate. No, wait, it's me. I go first.
0: Huh. We're snaking. I need
2: help. We're snaking. Snaking. Um, and it, you know it gets harder and harder as we go along uh, but uh, I didn't write, write your pick down here you, you went with Justin Jefferson didn't you uh, that's correct uh, John okay Yep. I'm going to go with Austin Elker running back with the LA Chargers I think these are really good solid running back he's strong he's a, and he can be a stud Uh and I certainly have liked how he's looked in the preseason. So Austin Alker, Alker, go ahead, uh, John. Yeah, that was uh,
4: that was maybe a miss on my part after you told me you were going two running backs to start. But um, I'm going to do the same thing here. I need to get another good running back and go with uh, Derrick Henry. He's good until he's not, man. He's great the last few years,
2: <laughs> Good until he's not. All right, Derrick Henry is uh John's pick. Nate, you're up. You hated my first
0: pick, you're going to hate my second cuz I'm going with <laughs> Travis Kelce tight end. Tight end.
2: Uh, I I that's not necessarily a bad one. Uh that's not that's not when you when you are if you are going to do the early uh, wide receivers and the early uh quarterbacks, uh, you know, why not why not go with uh Travis Kelsey. So I I will disagree. I don't necessarily hate your pick uh, there, uh, but go ahead and tell me your next pick, sir.
0: Next pick, let's see. I'm looking at a list here. I do want a tough running back. Actually, give me a receiver. One second. One second. C.D. Lamb. Give me C.D. Lamb.
2: There you go. And your logic behind it? If you have one. Well,
0: I haven't looked too far into receivers yet. Uh, they're kind of a crapshoot, in my opinion. Some of them get hurt. Some of them underperform. Quarterbacks go down. Um, but want to get somebody solid. Uh, he was pretty solid last year for me. Um, played in a lot of games there. So, yeah, I, not a whole lot of thought behind it, but I want to get somebody toward the top there.
2: I got you. All right, I believe you're up, John. Yeah, well,
4: first of all, I'm just going to say I can't wait to have Nate in our fantasy draft next week. I think I think he's passing up a lot of great players. Uh, I'm personally going to go with the second best receiver on the board, in my opinion, Jamar Chase, also a young guy, target monster in Cincinnati, and he's got a really, really good quarterback.
2: Really, really, really good to. Quarterback. Um, so it's my it's my pick. So I, it's my turn to pick a wide receiver. Going on what my said, my strategy was Tyreek Hill from Miami, wide receiver. Uh, yet to be told if he'll be playing alongside Jonathan Taylor. I don't think so, though. Just don't think it's going to happen. We'll get to that in just a second. But uh, all right, that's that's my pick, and I've got I've got another pick. Right, Stephon Diggs, Buffalo. Yep. That's an easy pick. Stephon Diggs. All right, Trip, you're up. This will be the last round, and we'll, we'll we'll do a quarterback step, and we'll get into more conversations here. We don't want this to eat up all of All right. Well, I've
4: got – let's see. I've got Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Derrick Henry. I probably need another running back here as well. I'm going to go with Nick Chubb out of Cleveland. That dude is steady as a rock.
2: Nick Chubb. Out of Cleveland, I like I like Nick Chubbin. actually that's a very very good solid pick. All right, Nate, here's your last pick. What is it, sir? Give me B. John Robinson, running back. B. John
0: Robinson, running back. Ceiling, right. real high ceiling. He played at Texas, and we we I actually I've seen him play in person. We played against him a season opener a couple of years ago, and that guy he's a freak. That guy is a straight up freak. I think he's gonna do a lot of big things, and I like the high ceiling with him.
4: So, I got a question for you, Nate. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah, one of the first things you said was uh, you go with players from teams that are going to be good, good team health. What do you think about the Atlanta Falcons?
0: Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I want a good running back. So, you know, you got to trust your run game. You got you to gotta give the ball to a guy that's going to put his head down and get a few yards, and B. John Robinson can do that. You know, it's not like they're – just because – they might have some stuff going on. They don't play football. They're still they're going to hand the ball off a lot, and they're going to hand off the b job a lot. So, to that, I say not with running backs.
2: All right. Fair point. All right. Well, I am going to, for my last pick, and this would not necessarily be the way things would fall in a real draft scenario, but I do want to just make sure that I throw out my quarterback. And, no, it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, even though we all fell in love with him in the quarterback's uh, role. Actually, we, we all have a mutual friend by the name of Mason who, who who just hates Patrick Mahomes. And he gave me a whole litany of reasons to hate Patrick Mahomes. And you know what? I'm going to buy into some of those. So I'm not going with <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, my quarterback. <laughs> I am going to go with Jalen Hurts. I do like him. I, I am a fan of the Eagles. So this is part fan-wise. I follow the Eagles. In fact, the, the Eagles, beat rider for the Eagles will be on at the last part of this show to break down the preseason season. Uh, so I do like Jalen Hurts. In this particular mock draft, I do like Jalen Hurts. So uh, each of you guys tell me, you, well, we just need a quarterback from you, John. Who's your quarterback? Because so somebody went with a quarterback on the very first round. <laughs> just well, literally seconds after saying that's not the best idea to know. But if you've got the first round pick, if you've got the first round pick and you've got a quarterback like that available, it makes sense. Go ahead, John. Who's your quarterback?
4: Yeah, in this situation, it would have to be Mahomes. I think in, in the actual draft, I'm going to be looking more for uh, someone in the, you know, sixth through eighth round, depending on how things shake out. But uh, I like Trevor Lawrence a lot. Uh, Kirk Cousins is one of those real steady guys every year. Um, and then a, a, you know, potential breakout star would be Kenny Pickett in Pence, Pittsburgh. I think he's going to have a uh,
2: take a big leap this year. I love it. I love it. All right, we're talking with uh, uh, Nate Snyder and John Tripp, uh, colleagues of mine, and we're also in a fantasy football draft. And they have uh, told me about their expertise in fantasy football, and I have uh, no doubt. And uh, we do this fantasy football huddle every week, so you guys are certainly uh, welcome to come back every week. We try to have uh, uh, fantasy football managers on. But, you know, certainly you two are welcome to be our, our regulars, so we'll need to talk about that offline. Real quickly here, we got about five minutes before we're going to jump into some NASCAR talk. Well, real quickly here, uh, John, uh, let's go through uh, – I'm going to just uh, basically rapid fire to each of you guys, and you just tell me, uh, good, uh, like I'm buying, I mentioned this, uh, and just kind of give me your thoughts. We'll start with you, John Tripp, Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, how can the second QB in the ADP be overvalued? I think a lot of people think that Josh Allen is overvalued. Do you think he's overvalued or undervalued?
4: I, I, I think overvalued. I'm not going with probably any of those top three quarterbacks this year. I think they get taken too Um There's plenty of, of above-average quarterbacks that go much later on, so I'm not buying Josh Allen this year.
2: All right, Nate, you're up. J.K. Dobbins, running back of Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Dobbins has returned to the team after delaying in protest of his contract. Uh, been there, done that. And, uh, hey, here's a thought. Here's a random thought. You can work it out. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. J.K. Dobbins, Nate. <laughs> I don't like. It. I. I.
0: I don't, yeah. I don't like the contract issues. Uh, it's just where's their head at. I understand you got to get paid. I understand that side of it. Um. Uh, no, I just I, I like the I think he can come out and have a great year, but I just, I'm not going to take the risk on that with a running back. I mean, hopefully that would never happen. But running backs get hurt more than anybody, it seems. Uh, so they're they're kind of in the trenches there. So I'm I'm going to kind of lead that up to I'm going to say a pass on that one.
2: So you think that might be a reason to not get thirty million dollars a year or whatever? It might be. Sorry, I can't get off the job. To oh, no, case. I'm with him. Hey, get get, <laughs> get
0: paid. Absolutely get paid. But when. My fantasy dollars are buying players. I don't want the off-the-field issues at all, which I, I don't. I have no negative thing to say about the guy. I'm with him. Get paid. Do your thing. But not on my team.
4: Gotcha. Yeah, Tom, we're not making money, man. This is a $15 dollars buy and we got to be careful with how we spend
2: it. <laughs> You're very right. Very right on that. John Rakim Wright, running back for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, I think he is uh, very undervalued, actually.
4: Yeah, I, I think that's a great um that's a great late, later round, maybe mid round running back. Um I'm I'm in on on White, just because of where he's going in the draft. Uh, you know, say first six, seven rounds, I'm probably going running backs and wide receivers, so that's definitely somebody I'll pick up later on.
2: So, uh Nate, uh what are your thoughts on James Connor, running back for the Arizona Connor? I mean he combines two fantasy players that you hate to draft. Old running backs at injury risk, but at the same time, he may have high value for you in in the draft. James Connor, uh, Nate, running back, Arizona.
3: Yeah. Does he,
0: so I don't, I'll be transparent. I don't know a whole lot about him.
2: Um, does he catch a lot of passes out of backfield, or is that is that what you're alluding to? Yeah, I mean he does. He, he he does score you points, but there again, he's been in the league for a while and he's prone to high injuries. So do you do you run yeah. that risk? Exactly. The. I like a
0: younger guy for running back. I just – they're they're so in the trenches, and they just – you know, it's it's your O-line. It depends on your O-line there. You can – you need a good running back, obviously, breakaway speed, good traits. But if you have a good O-line, anybody can run the ball. So, uh, to me, now he, being, him being a little older guy, now nah, I'd, I'd probably pass on him.
2: All right, guys, real quickly, because uh, I, I'm going to assume that you guys wear the homer cap of the Colts. If not, I do, and we'll, we'll just play a little homer uh, cap here. As we're, we are a national show. Uh, so we like to give love to everybody, but uh, we're here in, in the Indianapolis Metro area. I'm a Colts guy. Let's talk about Jonathan Taylor real quick. Uh start with you, John. Does it get the deal done in Indianapolis? And if he does, do you take a chance with him uh, at, in the uh, running back situation on your team where you just stay uh, far away from his, him and all Colts, including Anthony Richardson uh, as, as much as possible? Uh, let's see here. So his, Jonathan Taylor's
4: deadline to find a suitable trade partner is Tuesday. Our draft is Wednesday, so I'll wait to see how that shakes out. If I was drafting before then, I'd stay as far away from him as possible. Um, I probably still won't draft him, even if he's an Indy. I think he's going to be disgruntled and and probably not getting a full season in. Um, He's looking for that long-term extension. Anthony Richardson uh, would be happy to roster him super late round. I think if he figures it out in the back half of the season, could be a really good fantasy asset.
2: Nate, final word to you. Uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, players, uh, Jonathan Taylor, particularly. Uh, does he work it out? Do you do you, st- do you draft him? Do you keep him? Do you wait until we see what's going on and maybe try to pick him up on waivers later on, or as I'm going to do, stay far away from all Colts, mostly all Colts. Uh, Unless something pops up later on in the draft, to include Anthony Richardson, I'm not, I'm not making him my top priority uh, this year. Uh, uh, Nate, what do you say about the Colts, particularly Jonathan Taylor yeah, you, and Anthony Richardson? You nailed
0: it. That's exactly what I was going to say. are um, obviously a great, talented running back, but with all the issues so close to the season, I, I would wait to see if I can pick him up later. If I can, that's awesome. And if I don't, I don't. But no, I'm right there with you. The all those issues are kind of pushing later back. But yeah, he's definitely he can definitely play. So if I can find a way to get him late, that'd be awesome.
2: All right, guys, we appreciate you jumping on with me. I got to jump into some NASCAR uh, talk. Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest is just around the corner. He's down in Daytona, going to be breaking down some uh, Xfinity action. Guys, we uh, we will continue this conversation. Looking forward to our draft you know this is typically where i ask people where they can find your work and masterpieces so if you guys want to give out your uh twitter handle and and see how many millions of followers you get you can if not that's fine uh, john Tripp, uh appreciate you joining us uh any any uh any uh words of wisdom you got for us 2 seconds uh
4: words of wisdom thought on fantasy uh i i'd look at Uh, Chris Olave, wide receiver,
2: and Darren Waller at tight end.
4: Two guys I really want to get Uh, on my team this year.
2: All right, Nate, where can people find your work in masterpieces, or do you have any words of wisdom? Um, N
0: underscore – Snyder9 on all platforms. Words of wisdom, don't look past the kickers. They'll win you some games this year. Mark my words. And when, when you pass up on one, I want you to remember this, because they will win you a game. So, those top kickers, there's a big big difference between the top and bottom kickers, in my opinion, there. <laughs> Your first round. <laughs>
4: yep, Nate and gentlemen guys,
2: we appreciate you joining us. we got to balance. We'll talk with you guys later on in the week. See, ya, See thank you, Tom. You. See you. Thanks, Tom. Yep. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. About to get good uh, we got we got uh, Steve Wilson standing by. We're going to be talking some NASCAR down in Daytona right here on the Balance Radio Network.
0: morning, face You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning,
6: Good morning. guys. Good morning. Ah,
0: what is oh, that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks! Run. No, it's me, Linda from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. No, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason.
1: fresh roasted, so, I um, don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of
4: causes—veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good
1: coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh. Okay. roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good.
2: back to The Balance, 917-889-8516 is our digits. Thank you to uh, Nate and John uh, some colleagues of mine who are in fantasy football with me, and uh, we got our draft coming up. We uh, started back up our fantasy football huddle, and each week we'll have some actual real-life fantasy football managers talking about what they do in fantasy football. Uh, but uh, there's no fantasy about this. Out down in Daytona, there's some racing going on, and joining us now is Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com and our official NASCAR contributor. Uh, how are you, sir? Is it as hot as as hell in Daytona as it is here in Indianapolis, sir?
6: <laughs> no, it's actually been pretty pretty nice down here all weekend.
2: Nice. We well, kind of got that that uh, uh, coast breeze. Man, it. We went to a baseball game with the team earlier this week, and it was like a hundred and two. It was hot. hot. Mm. And it's supposed to be a little cooler this weekend. We're going to a concert tonight, so it's supposed to be a little cooler tomorrow. We're going back out there to another baseball game with some friends. So, nonetheless, we'll see what happens. But hey, great race in action out there in uh, uh, Daytona last night. I always like watching the, the race at Daytona at night. Uh, but man, uh, walk us through the Xfinity race, and man, it was it came, it came down to it. Uh, 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 Trevor Bain, you would tell me, hey, go with Trevor Bain, and I did go with Trevor Bain, but I also went some other uh, drivers as well. Didn't win anything yesterday in the Xfinity race, but that's fine. Trevor Bain, won, I, he didn't get the checkered flag, but in my mind, he, he won that race. Uh, talk with us about uh, last night in Daytona and Xfinity race.
6: Yeah, last night, it, it, it started off a little bit slow in the first stage and even kind of the second stage there. But, you know, as they started to creep towards the end there, chaos, as it always does, it started to ensue. Uh, you know, to talking about Trevor Bain there for, for a while, he he was putting on a master class in and, and, and how to block two two lines coming at you during these, during these runs. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, the – The 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 the, it eventually caught up with him on on a restart trying to block uh, a run you know on that restart and just ended up part of a melee starting the melee and um, you know up to that point I mean he he was running uh, very decently throughout the night and leading that race and really putting on a show for a lot of people out there but you know it just. In the end there, Justin Algar just by mere, mere inches, was able to, to take home the win last night. Um, you know, Richard Theater's racing between Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill. Those two had been strong all night long. Uh, a lot the favorite I think, you know, in some people's mind was also Austin Hill potentially going home with the win last night, but um you know, uh, Justin Algar pick, pick, taking that win out from everybody last night, but just inches.
2: Well, I tell you what, also Sheldon Krieg. I was I'm a, I've become a fan of, of Sheldon and, and uh, uh watching him race and you know there again he he misses a, a win as well uh but did great in his uh playoff pursuit. Uh, so let's kind of talk real quickly before we get into, because we only got you for a limited amount of time because we've got to get over to Tony, uh, uh, but he's, he's in St. Louis for IndyCar. But let's talk a little bit about Sheldon Creek, his, his playoff, and let's just talk about the, the players we're watching uh, as I believe that next week is the final race before they, the playoffs uh, spots are secured.
6: Um, well, we got two with two more weeks in the Xfinity Series before we uh, okay. switch over to the playoffs. So, um, you know, you, you, you know, you've you've got a you've got a stacked field of drivers this year just within the Xfinity Series, and uh, you know, Justin Algar, last night. I know a lot of people have talked about uh, Junior Motorsports throughout the year and how they haven't been as dominant factor as we've seen in some of the previous years, but you know, Sam Mayer just won a, a week ago for Junior Motorsports, too, at Watkins Glen. So, you know, it seems like here in the latter part of the season, as we start to creep in closer to that playoff, the Junior Motorsports is starting to pick that mantle back up to some degree. And, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing has been the one that we've watched all year long. John Hunter Nemechek has been that driver out there that is, has taken home victory on multiple occasions for those, for, for that crew. And, you know, you, we looked at him and feel like he's kind of the perennial favorite in a lot of ways that he, he will come out and he will be the one that it, it, you know, potentially takes this thing all the way down to Phoenix. But, you know, in the last two weeks, you know, as I said, you know, we, we now have two junior motorsports drivers that has uh uh, one in two weeks, and it seems like maybe they
2: are picking that mantle up just a little bit that we've lost throughout the first part of the season. Ed, I mean, Ed's going to be coming up on the next segment. My brain's fried. My brain is fried. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on here with the uh, Daytona uh, coming up tomorrow, uh, or is it to, wait? Is it today? Is it Cup race today or is tonight. It tomorrow? Tonight. 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 All right. All right. Well, we'll be at a concert tonight, so we're we're going to – uh, we're going to miss them. Let's talk a little bit about who we're looking at uh, coming up in, in the, uh, obviously we've got a lot of players on the bubble. Uh, who are we looking at here for uh, the uh, playoff spots, regu- final, final playoffs for a regular season championship on the line? Sorry, go ahead.
6: Well, I mean, right now, hey, hey, if, you know, you've got Bubba Wallace and uh, Ty Gibbs and, uh, down there around that 16th spot that are fighting for that for that last and final spot. But, you know, I think a lot of people on their mind right now is, uh, does Chase Elliott make it in after his troubles earlier this year between being hurt and being suspended? He has to win tonight. This is his only chance to get in if he has to win. Or, you know, does Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs miss out on it totally by – you know, happenstance of some driver that, you know, we've not talked about, maybe a a driver like Michael, uh, I'm not saying Michael McDowell, you know, because he's already in, but, you know, a driver uh, similar to Michael McDowell that maybe hasn't won and and there's an opportunity at a track like Daytona to, to squeeze through some of these accidents and maybe pick that win up at the end of the race, somebody that we don't normally talk about, somebody that hasn't been to victory lane this year or even been to victory lane at all in general and come in and kind of take that last spot away from uh, Bob Wallace and uh, Ty Gibbs and Chase Elliott, all of those that are right around that bubble or even, you know, trying to get in. So, you know, a lot of unknowns for later on tonight. There was no practice yesterday before qualifying, so it's hard to see where some of these drivers stack up at. Um, they're going to roll off later tonight, and we'll see uh, who, who has it and who doesn't. But, um, you know, could be, you know, an upset by somebody out there that we, we're not talking about, we're not looking at, and, uh, you know, just takes that 16th and final spot away. Let's
2: talk about a few drivers. Uh, we're still uh, standing by for Tony, and he's out in St. Louis at Gateway for the IndyCar race. Uh, and uh, he said he might be hit or miss because, you know how it is, trying to get in and out of a track. So we'll just keep rolling with you right now. If you've got a little bit of time, let's talk a little bit about Martin Truex Jr. Really, really, I have to say out uh, all, all the drivers that we had an opportunity to talk with uh, when here in Indianapolis, Martin Truex Jr. was was one of the the, the best ones, and certainly one of the most Personable ones, and you know, really spent some time talking with us, and so I really enjoyed talking with him, and, and he, just to kind of see his personal side was kind of cool as well. Martin Truex Jr., what are your thoughts?
6: Well, going in tonight, he he's leading the he's leading the standings. So unless something crazy happens, um, you know, he he should come out at the end of the night as the regular season champion for uh, the for this uh, for the Cup Series, and. You know, that should also give him a, a decent bump and a be, decent lead, uh, getting ready to head over in the first playoff race next weekend in Darlington. He's been rather consistent for, you know, a majority part of the year and for a long time, all the way up until about May or June. Uh, Ross Chastain had been the driver that had been leading that championship standings until Martin Drew X. Jr. was able to take it away. Between a combination of some wins and a combination of being very consistent throughout, um, you know, up to that point and even since then, um, Ross has you know kind of fallen back a little bit because of uh, some finishing positions and things like that, which, uh, you know, he, he, I think he's also a favorite too. But you know, going into tonight, like I said, you know, with unless something happens, we he will be our regular season championship in the cup season cup series.
2: You know, how, when, we, when we look at uh, teams that are in the playoffs, teams who aren't in the playoffs, teams or drivers who, who hope to get into the playoffs, and then you have everybody else. Uh, is there a, a, a point when you create an alliance, if you're trying to get in, or if you're already in, do you create an alliance, I would say especially if you're on the bubble, do you create an alliance with that group that we call everybody else? To help you get ahead and get on into the playoffs is is there that type of free race planning free rate strategy and maybe not even necessarily teammates but just overall hey i'm going to help you i'm not going to get into the. maybe we can form some sort of an alliance on the track does that happen is that a reality
6: well, Ross Chastain was asked sort of about this yesterday when he came in and was talking to the media. And it seems like Chevrolet has had their own meetings heading up and in, into this race. And without naming Danes, it sounds like there may be some potentials there for an alliance for Chase Elliott to be able to mm-hmm. to work with some people that may not only be on his team. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, these these, these other teams could end up bailing on him and his best bet is to work with somebody like Kyle Larson and William Byron. They have nothing to lose by winning this race, except for more points. So you know, they, you know, and it's everything to gain by for Chase Elliott um, to to get help from them and, and be in the championship run for the for the postseason. So, you know, uh, it sounds like there are. Uh, some, you know, things in the works, or there have been some conversations leading into this race from a, partic- a particular manufacturer. And this is something that Ford has done in the past with their one Ford policy at these races like Daytona and Talladega, where they work together, they stay together, they pit together, they do everything together to ensure that even if it's not them, as a Ford driver, another Ford driver is taking home the, uh, the the checkered flag at the end of the night. And it sounds like the Chevrolet is trying to mimic that policy in order to help somebody maybe like a Chase Elliott. Or maybe it's just, you know, as, as, a, as a brand or as a manufacturer as a whole to ensure that, you know, one of their drivers gets a victory lane tonight. But I have to think that it's really – in the benefit or in the wheelhouse of Chase Elliott that they really want to see him in the postseason, and these are where alliances will start forming or we'll start seeing how those uh, alliances start forming in the very early, early stages in the first few laps
2: of the race. Talking with Steve Wilson down in Daytona, uh, Daytona Florida, uh, with us, uh editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com. I'm telling you, everything NASCAR That's your main source, Uh, editor-in-chief, our official NASCAR contributor. You know, Danny Hamlin finds himself in a very unique type of situation. He's he's a a teammate of Joe Joe Gibbs uh, Racing, JGR. He's also a team owner, and he owns a team with uh, uh, Michael Jordan and and others, and and their driver is is, uh, Bubba Wallace. So on a podcast this past week, uh, he was asked if given the choice of pushing Gibbs, which is his teammate at Joe Gibbs Racing, or um, or Bubba Wallace, his employee at 23X, um, the team that he co-owns, to a playoff clinch win. He, would, he said he would assist Wallace, and he stood by that statement after his arrival at Daytona on Friday. Um, what are your thoughts on about that? I mean, that, I think that might rub Joe Gibbs Racing the wrong way, but I get it. I get it. You got some money invested here. You, you do want to you want to help your own personal investment. You, you kind of wonder in times like this, is, is there a a conflict of interest if you will? But, but what are your thoughts on Denny Hamlin saying, "Hey, you know what? If, it, if push comes to shove, I'm going to push Bubba Wallace. I'm not pushing. I'm not pushing Gibbs."
6: Well, you know, even even though that Bubba Wallace is you know racing for 23XI, you know they are still a satellite team of Joe Gibbs Racing. They get all of their help in their engineering and cars and, you know, every everything that they do from top to bottom nearly is bought over from Joke is racing in some form or fashion. So, you know, by him just saying that I'm going to push a 23xi driver in, whether it be Tyler Reddick or whether it be uh, Bubba Wallace, you know, regardless of the two, they they're still technically a satellite or affiliate team of JGR. So it's almost like, you know, you're still helping, A JDR team or, you know, even your Toyota branded team that getting help from, you know, particular team that you're racing for. Um, you know, I get where he's coming from because again he he wants to maximize the the number of appearances that he has from people that are in his stable, or maybe even Joe Gibbs is also looking for that help too and by by adding additional people in, into that stable for for the for the playoffs the round of, uh sixteen heading into Darlington. The more Toyotas they have in there, that maybe means that they can drop another manufacturer out of there. And a lot of this comes back to manufacturer relationships at these tracks and even when you start getting into the playoffs. is that, you know, they're all looking to make sure their manufacturer is in there and has the most possible seats in, in that round or in the particular playoffs that they're heading into. So, you know, I, I, I see both sides of it, and I can see where people would be critical of Denny Hamlin by saying, well, he's your employee, so of course you're going to push your employee and, and you're going to leave your teammates out. But not necessarily. you got to remember they're technically still teammates to one another under the manufacturer policies, under their affiliate policies. So, you know, while they don't work out of the same shops, maybe they don't go to the same meetings, maybe they don't, you know, maybe there's something that 23XI has that Joe Gibbs doesn't or vice versa or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, these manufacturers want to maximize their appearance and and their cars and and they're willing to work across those lines that we've not seen in, in, in years Or or even in the beginning or in the last, you know, let's even just say the last even 10 or 15 years that it's really started to become a manufacturer's race more so than a team race.
2: And, you know, that is a valid point. And and, and I think that's one reason why you see the, the battles between Toyota, you know, Ford and Chevy. So there's only 14 drivers whose only chance to advance uh is with a win and one of the biggest names that we've already talked about but let's break him down a little bit more uh i don't know if we're going to get tony donahoe with the tony d podcast in the fan place to join us to talk with with indycar um still haven't heard back from him but i know he said that he was, he was trying to get into the track and may not be able to get with him so uh chase Elliott, what i mean first of all it's going to be a huge disappointment that he if he doesn't make it and, I hate to be that guy. I hate to be that, that hot take guy. So I'm not trying to make this a hot take, but I feel like if had he made some better decisions where he didn't get suspended and he didn't get hurt, we wouldn't be having a conversation on if Chase Elliott has to win to get in. In theory, we don't know because you never know what you never know. But I I would say in my mind uh, is I like Chase Elliott. I'm a fan of Chase Elliott. I was really disappointed when he got hurt. I obviously wanted him to be okay, but he made some decisions there and on the racetrack that caused his suspension that I feel like ultimately put him in this position. What are your thoughts about Chase Elliott?
6: Yeah, you know, I, you go back and of course those have been detrimental to to where he sits at right now. But also, let's let's also think that. You know, he's winless this year in in 25 races, and, you know, that team has not performed. I mean, just last week, just for a given example, uh, they ran out of gas, um, having to, to, you know, to, to put them behind the eight ball after running out of gas. And, I mean, there's a series of missteps that has contributed to the point where Chase Elliott is in right at this particular moment. Now, you know, we go back and we talk about, you know, he him getting hurt. And I know a lot of people, you know, are still under the, you know, under the guise that they feel like these drivers should be dedicated to, to 36 or 37 races. They shouldn't have any personal time. If they get hurt, then it's on them. And, you know, they, they shouldn't be eligible or be able to get playoff, you know, uh, mm-hmm. waivers. And, you know you know, when he got hurt and he came back, NASCAR gave him the waiver providing that he could, that he could be inside the, the points or win a race, you know, mm-hmm. one of the two, yeah. whatever it worked, however it worked out. And they've done this for Kyle Busch. When Kyle Busch broke his leg at Daytona in the early part of the season and then came back and won the championship that year. So, I mean, you know, that is nothing abnormal than, or outside of protocol what NASCAR has done in the past for these drivers. Now, for him getting suspended, is a whole different thing, you know. This this is a this is a this is a situation that we had never come upon before. The SMT data that was used to suspend Chase Elliott ha- it is not something that it, that is made public anymore. It is now something that only teams and NASCAR, and the manufacturers and other people kind of hold closely to the best, um, you know. And normally, this kind of data is not dumped online as Denny Hanlon did on his Twitter account, and said, look, this is what happened, which then led to Chase Elliott getting suspended. And then we had another situation in the Xfinity Series just later on, a couple of weeks after that, with the same kind of process happened where the data was dumped online through social media and with with the intention of trying to get another driver suspended. However, in that case, they were not suspended. NASCAR has kind of been a little bit inconsistent on the fact of, you know, first you suspend Chase Elliott for blatantly wrecking Danny Hamlin and maybe he should have, may I get it? There's there's, you know, you don't want you don't want to be, you know, we say don't use your car as a weapon and in a way Chase Elliott kind of used his car as a weapon. But at the same time, those are judgment calls that are typically made at the track and not days later because of a data dump on social media. So, you know, um, you know, are, would we still be talking about this if Denny Hamlin hadn't have dumped the data out there? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maybe that one race suspension put, you know, could have been his winner. I mean, we just don't know because he was sitting at home while somebody else was racing his race car. So, you know, again, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's different now. And we have to be mindful of that, that, you know, just dumping data online with the intention of mm-hmm. potentially getting your opponent suspended is kind of, you know, new
2: realm for us. Well, I totally agree. And, and what, at least if you're going to do it, at least involve fans, involve media, allow, allow this not to be a sucker punch, if you will, when it, when it does happen. Another driver I'm looking at, AJ Allmendinger, had a chance to talk with him at Indianapolis. I will say he wasn't as personable as uh, Martin Truex Jr. as when we had a chance to talk with Dinger. His qualifying in in Indianapolis was all but successful, and he did not want to be uh, there in in the media center at all. And uh, you know they they spread them out, and you kind of go to station to station, and they're at different stations or whatever. And they brought Dinger, so we walked right over there and. I, I said, can I call you Dinger? He's like, you can call me whatever the hell you want to call you. He just had a scour on his face, and he was so mad. And I, I was like, well, seemed to do well with the Xfinity qualifying, but the is, what, what's the problem there? And he just kind of gives me a, a, a mean look, and he's like, uh, speed. W- why, what else is the problem? And that seems to be the common denominator. Don't get me wrong. A.J. Omeninger, he's a great guy. But we we just caught him on a bad day, and uh, but uh, AJ Amendinger has been struggling, and he's on the struggle bus, and, and and we could point to him as maybe as a driver doing everything right, checking all of those boxes off, that can't get can't get there, and now he needs a win to get in. Um, is that is that in his future? Do you think? Or I mean, he's going to be a new daddy, so life isn't the end of the world. But I mean. <laughs> And he might be a new daddy by now i don't know but he, he i knew that he's got one very much on the way so it's not the end of the world for him but it's certainly a huge disappointment for him this year
6: yeah, you know, I think a lot of people kind of expected him to go to places like Indy to the road course or Watkins line or even Chicago and some of these other places and perform a little bit better or even come home with a victory like he did when he backed up an Xfinity and Cup Series win last year at Indy, um, you know, or even it coming to Watkins line last week. And now he's in a situation where, you know, he's coming to a track that uh, he's not been, you know, as favorable as others. And I think that just comes, you know, for through experience of. You know, not not being at these tracks as much as he has uh, on places like Indy Road Courses where he seemed to be performing a whole lot better. Um, you know, but that team as a whole is kind of, you know, college racing this year. Um, you know, they like to say that they're chasing trophies, and they haven't chased too many trophies as a whole this year. Even though that they're a satellite team of Richard Childress Racing, they get a lot of their technology and, uh, you know, uh, engines and things from them. But they've just not, like you said, they've not had the speed this year, and they've not been as competitive as we we have seen them in the past. And that goes whether it's the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series, and one of their drivers is going to leave this year and go somewhere else. So, I mean, you know, I I think, you know, that team as a whole is kind of, you know, in that that period of, you know, of, of a lull. In which you are going to have to rebuild the, in, in the next uh, ten races and throughout the off season, so that they can be ready to go come Daytona next year in 2024. But yeah, he's uh, I, I, you know, he, you know, he may be one of those drivers that I I spoke about earlier. Somebody that we're not necessarily talking about. Somebody that necessarily doesn't, uh, you know, perform well at one of these racetracks. Like Daytona, uh, that could sneak through and be the one that 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 takes home the the checkered flag tonight and spoils the bunch for everybody else. And Daytona and Talladega are known for doing that for the underdog, for the guys that may, may not have the best speed week in week out, but are are able to keep up in the draft and be able to avoid some of those wrecks. So is, is AJ Allmendinger a spoiler? Potentially because all those drivers that, that we don't normally talk about have just as much of a chance this or tonight in, in, at, at Daytona as the guys like Denny Hamlin who has won the Daytona 500 multiple times. So, you know, you, you you see underdog teams, you see teams that have not traditionally done well go out and pull these victories away from others at places like Daytona. So he has just as much chance tonight as long as he can avoid the wrecks and stay out of the melee in the big one. uh, He may be able to sneak through with some help from a manufacturer like, you know, Chevrolet, or maybe he works with somebody else, you know, as we were talking about earlier and and, and snags that
2: victory away. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, the the one-stop for your NASCAR, so we got to get your five dollar uh, DraftKings pick for today's race, sir. Tonight's race.
6: Tonight, I'm going to take Denny Hamlin for for the win once
2: again in Daytona. Well, Denny Hamlin for the win, five dollars face fifty-five dollars, sir. So we'll see how that how that plays out for you, and we'll make our bets later on here uh, as well. Where can people find your working master masterpieces, sir?
6: You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com.
2: Thanks, man. I'll talk awesome. to you next
6: week from Darlington.
2: we we'll appreciate it. Thank you. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest. We could not catch up with Tony, uh, so we'll catch up with him next week to get a recap of what happens in, in, in IndyCar tomorrow uh, and, of course, Daytona tonight. My name is Tom Mark Marcel Presidente. Stick around. We're going to be talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Uh We wrap up the NFL preseason. That's right. It's time to play some football. We were Jesus, Sammy, blue jean, baby. Born in the USA. Trailer, park, trucks stock, faded little map, dot, New York to L.A. We were teenage, dreamin', frosty, leanin', baby, come. Put me on the cover of the roller stone Uptown, town,
3: home American kids Growing up in little pink houses Making out on living room couches, blowing that smoke on Saturday night A little messed up, but we're all alright
5: Hey!
2: Hey! I can't believe it I've been playing 4-on-4 four four with a bar with sharp quartet.
5: Pass the ball, pass the We're open,
4: just ball Nah,
2: I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico
3: Yeah
5: Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance
1: Oh, hi. Uh hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. you know what this is? This is Masa Le Croix which, of course, in the Indonesian... Language. Oh, let me finish. You know what? Actually, I'm I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black rifle coffee. It's good.
2: To the balance, we are uh, nine, uh, about 90 minutes in. Uh, thank you to uh, we, we kick off our fantasy football huddle. Guys, we have our fantasy football draft this next weekend. So we're getting down here with the balance fantasy football draft. And I've got uh, a couple other fantasy leagues that I'm in. And uh, I, we, I'm also in one at work. So uh, two of my colleagues have been uh, telling me that they are – Fantasy football experts. So, first time I've ever played fantasy football, I said, "Well, you guys got to come on and and show up to throw up, I guess, on the on the show." So, thanks, uh, Nate and John, for jumping on. A, a couple uh, a pretty cool fantasy football managers that I work with, uh, and we're going to be doing this every week. So, if you guys are a part of a fantasy football league and want to be a part of the show, just let us know. We'll try to try to fit you in in our fantasy football uh, huddle. And then, thank you, Steve Wilson editor-in-chief of uh, SpeedwayDigest.com, down in Daytona, uh, where the playoff picture is becoming ever so tight. And, of course, we are talking with him about the, the, the drivers on the bubble, predominantly Chase Elliott being the one with the biggest news there. Uh, so we'll see, see what happens there from Daytona tonight. And joining us now, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles dot Inside.com. It's just been a week with our Indianapolis coach. Uh, but how are you, sir? Are you ready to get the NFL season underway?
5: Oh, I'm so ready. Yeah, I was so, you know, that Thursday night preseason game between the Colts and the Eagles seemed to take like three days to play. It just dragged on and on. So, yeah, I'm ready, I, you know. And we still have to wait well, another, you know, week, right? Nothing this weekend. Uh, so we have to wait another yeah. week yet, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go.
2: Well, hopefully it Actually, wasn't. It's two certain.
5: weeks. I think it's, it's two. Yeah, weeks, I think it is right? two weeks. Yeah. 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 Because
2: yeah. uh, yeah, the, she... the big cut comes next week, right? The next the big cut.
5: Uh, the Tuesday, who... by four, all 53 teams or all 32 teams have to be down to their 53 players. They, it's a little different this year. Previous years, they had like one early cut after maybe the first preseason game. They got down to I think you know. 85 or 63 players, but this year they're just doing the one big cut. So uh, each team has about 90 players and they have to get down to 53. So there's going to be a lot of activity over the next uh, few days here leading up to Tuesday.
2: Well, hopefully it's not as hot for you guys as it have been for us. We went to a baseball game with a team at work on Wednesday and it was like 102. It was a, it was total miserable. And that, and uh, they had a, Little like picnic area where we had like food and free beer and all that stuff, we were drinking more water than we were beer for today. well, it was a work function' <laughs> this is a work this is a work function. have fun, but don't be a dumbass right?
4: <laughs> well, yeah it it <laughs> <real stupid>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 we're, we're actually going uh to the same series uh triple A here in Indianapolis on so, tomorrow actually, uh, so uh with some friends, so we'll, hopefully it's a little bit cooler. Uh, there. Tonight we're going to uh, the Pentonix uh, concert. Are you, are you familiar with the Pentonix? It's one of Melissa's favorite groups, but I've never seen them. I guess they're all I, I, I am familiar. About, yeah, I yeah. guess they don't have any instruments. And I was listening to them last night, and I'm like, now, I'm hearing bass because you're hearing it, but it's not there. And so I, I YouTube some of it earlier this morning, and yeah, they should be a good concert, so we're going to
5: yeah, we're gonna do yeah, that. All a, acapella,
2: all acapella stuff, yeah. right? These guys don't use any yeah.
5: instruments. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, they don't. I mean, it's, I mean, kind of like Straight No Chaser, I guess, on steroids. I mean, I'm interesting to see. I'm a Straight No Chaser fan just because of their Indiana connection, but nonetheless, I, I digress.
3: There's there's a lot of yeah. music.
2: There's a lot of rumbling going on here in Indianapolis, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll get to the Eagles here in just a second. But I don't think it's No Cow uh That Tuesday's the deadline that the Indianapolis Colts have given uh, Jonathan Taylor to, hey, figure this trade out or don't. Now, so that leads me to you. You've been there in Philadelphia with the Colts and last week. We know there was that issue between, uh, between the, the fights when that happens. That's just the way things happen in the NFL. Um, and they got a little bit of attention. But I think everybody's look at the Colts as Jonathan Taylor. And the Eagles have been brought up in conversation as having – You know, uh, some legit conversations. I know they turned down an offer so far by the Dolphins. And what I've heard through my sources of people in the local media here, they're saying that they're hearing that the Colts want a first round. And that's, as you and I know, that's not what they're doing. Again, we're toying with Jonathan Taylor. I'm under the, the theory, if he doesn't want to be here, let him go. He's not going to get the money that he wants. It's just not going to happen, and he's already playing injured. And I, I, I've i said all along that I think he wanted to get this contract done this year because typically this year would be the contract year. You go out there, and you show yourself, and you play hurt, and you just drive through, and you get your contract. Well, he's not going to be able to do that this year, is my theory, but, and he knows that, and so he wants to get that contract locked down by whoever is going to pay him that. And that's not going to happen. So you on the inside there with the Philadelphia Eagles. What can you tell us about the Colts and the Eagles? Is there any meat to that sandwich? Well,
5: I don't. I don't think there is. Uh, I think it's just you know, listen. The Eagles are always <clears throat> involved with you know whoever the big name is on the market. For some reason, you know, the Eagles always get dragged into the hey, they're interested conversation. But that's not always the case. I mean, Howie Roseman, like any good GM, would do his due diligence and see what they want and see what it's going to cost and and go from there but you know I I just think if the Colts really wanted to trade him they would come off of their demand for a first round pick nobody's going to give them a first round pick and I'm pretty sure they know that and you know Mm -hmm. I think they'd like to hang on to him but you know you're right why keep an unhappy player in your locker room why why you have to deal with that and especially if you're a first year head coach like Shane Steichen why Why would you want any unhappiness? You know, you're trying to foster a culture inside that locker room where everybody's pulling from the same end of the rope and you're all in it together and you're not playing for yourself, but you're playing for your brother next to you, all that stuff. And, you know, if you have somebody like Taylor who's not happy, then that's going to just torpedo everything that you want in that locker room. So, to me, it makes sense to trade him, but the Colts aren't going to get a first-round pick. You know, we saw it with Trey Lance. You know, Trey Lance was the third overall pick uh, by the 49ers two years ago. They gave up three first-round picks to get him, and Lance came to them after they said Sam Darnold will be our backup and said, I don't want to be a number three. I want to go to a team where I have an opportunity to be a number two. And the 49ers said okay, and they and they made the deal. They they got a fourth-round pick for him. He was the third overall pick, and they settled for a fourth-round pick to send him to the Cowboys. I mean, that's that's kind of what you're looking at with Taylor is you're not going to mm-hmm. get what you want. And if you really want to trade him, if you really want to make him happy, then you're going to have to come off of that asking price. If not, you're just opening a whole can of worms for the season going in. Uh, you know, what, what's going to happen to Taylor? It's going to be a big, you know, circus around the team, a lot of questions about it, a lot of distractions. And like I said, that's not what a first-year head coach wants.
2: And absolutely. And, and here's the thing. I think, ideally, in a, in a world of puppy dog and butterflies, they wanted to use – Jonathan Taylor, as a developmental running back for Anthony Richardson. All focus, as it should be, all focus is on Anthony Richardson. And, you know, he certainly looked a, a little bit better and a little bit more confidence. Uh, I have to admit, this was the first game I'd actually seen him play was with the Eagles. And his the first session that he's out there, he tries to pass the first two times. And I told and I him, oh, so I said, that's just the stupidest shit I've ever seen. But I think they wanted to see what can they do. Well, you know, how far they're trying to see what they got with Anthony Richardson. As the game went on, I, I saw that he had a lot more confidence. Now, that said, as well as you know, using your words, they, they were playing a nobody uh, in their defense. And so, uh, you know, there, there's that. So it would be kind of easy to build your confidence in that level. They played him a lot longer than I expected to. We'll get into those games a little bit more. I want to uh, talk with you about the Philadelphia Eagles as always their first On on the docket here with you and I, so the Philadelphia Eagles are getting ready to go into another great season. And it seems like they are doing what we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles do so often: play checkers when everybody, I mean, play chess when everybody else is playing checkers. Already, in the talking heads, Good Morning Football, and and, you know some of the national uh, radio shows are saying the Philadelphia Eagles are in a prime position to get to another Super Bowl. They said this last year. And they've said it before, and they've been correct. They've said it before, and they've not been correct. What are your thoughts on the outlook of the 2023 season? It looks to me like that's a bit of a bold statement that you guys are poised to be making a Super Bowl return. That, that's just me. But what are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, you know it's hard to do. Uh, you know to get there would be bucking a big trend, and then to get there and win it would be bucking an even bigger trend. I mean, there's only been three teams that lost the Super Bowl and came back the next year and won the Super Bowl. So only three teams, and two of those were in the early '70s. The most recent was the Patriots who did it in 2018 after the Eagles beat them in 2017. They came back and beat, I think it was the Falcons in 2018. So it doesn't happen that often. Now, you can get back and you can lose again. You know, we see the, we saw the Bills do it four times in the 90s, and, you know, we've seen some other teams do it, but getting back, just to get back is really a difficult thing to do. So, if the Eagles were to do it, uh, they would be bucking a huge trend. They would have to stay healthy again. I know they lost Jalen Hurts for two games last year, two games that they ended up losing. They only lost three games all season, and two of them were when Hurts was uh, out with a shoulder injury, and You know, so you got to get some luck on your side to do it, too. You can have the best roster in football, like, you know, the Eagles certainly have one of those, you know, arguably number one, but probably more like a top three. Uh, But it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get there uh, to the Super Bowl. It takes – it's a long season. You have to manage uh, your way through it. And I think Jason Kelsey, the center, the probable Hall of Fame center, said it best when he said, look, there's no team right now in this league that's good enough to win the Super Bowl right now. Uh, you know, it's a day-to-day build. You have to get better every single day. And I know that's a cliche, but he's right. There is no team right now in the end of August that can say, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, this is all just speculation by media, which is fine. It gives people something to talk about. But come see <laughs> for the best. There's no, no team ready to win a Super Bowl right now. I mean, this is a, a building process. This is a process where you have to get lucky, where you have to stay healthy. Uh, and, and you know it's a, it's a week to week proposition that's not a cliche, but it, it truly is uh, is that but the Eagles have the talent
2: to get there uh, we'll, we'll just see if things fall their way so let's talk a little bit about the quarterback situation there you know the NFL says you can now have a qB three if you want it uh i don't know the best route that the Eagles are going and, and so certainly, as we looked at uh, Thursdays game, we looked at mcKee really showing his his life and really kind of showing that he's a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. I got to, I did get to know him, but I, I, I watched the quarterback, uh, which by the way, have you had a chance to watch that yet? Well, that's, have you watched it yet? The quarterbacks? I, I've i just watched, I've watched two episodes, like episode okay. four and five, well, they, something they, like that. But. Yeah. They feature Marcus Mariota and he's a great guy, a very, great family guy. and You know, certainly great, great story coming from Hawaii and, but I don't know that that equates to being a great football player. He struggled in Atlanta. He's, he's kind of been that guy that struggles along, and here he is in Philadelphia. Uh, and I mean, is he going to be QB three to go into practice squad? Does he get cut? But I think he's in high danger of being cut on Tuesday uh, from the Eagles, which leaves him out there to find a job somewhere, which he will, but it won't be with the Eagles. And that's my thought. What are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, see, I I don't I, I don't think he'll get cut. I think he'll be the backup. I mean, I, he's got experience, you know. He, he Over has, McKee, sorry, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Over McKee, you think he'll be the QB two next oh, year? Oh yeah, I,
5: absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I,
4: and,
5: and I think this is the way the Eagles will do it because he he has experience. If you have to, if hurts, something happens to hurts in a small. If he has to miss two games, listen, Gardner Mitchell lost two games when he stepped in. Herricks last year. I mean, certainly Mariota can lose two games. I mean, he's capable of doing that. If you have to see him in a larger sample size, six, seven, eight games, then yeah, I would I would be concerned. But I would also have probably more concern for Tanner McKee. I mean, I listen, the kid has no experience at all in the NFL, and he's still he did some great things in the first two preseason games not, you know, he did some okay things. I wouldn't call it great, but, and he played okay against the Colts. And what was good about that was the Colts played their starters for the entire first half. It was like, you know, Mm -hmm. you you rarely see that in the NFL. So McKee's going against, you know, number one caliber players and he acquitted himself pretty well, but I think you'd be in trouble if you lost hurts for half a season or six games. I, I don't think either of those quarterbacks is going to help you. So you have to go with the one that I think you're more confident with. And I think it's Mariota. I mean, I, He did some good things in practice. Fans don't see the practices. you know. When the game started, he he was up and down, Um, but he's got experience, and he can still run the football. He has a skill set in that regard similar to Hurts, so you don't have to change the offense very much if Mariota were to come in, whereas if Tanner McKee came in, that guy, you and me, Tom, could beat him in a foot race, maybe. Uh, he's slow. <laughs> too, my, my give me
2: credit for that <laughs> for anybody.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just slow and he knows it. But he's not—he's not ready to come in and win you games. I mean, he's a sixth-round pick out of Stanford. And I, listen, I know Brock Purdy was the last pick, and the 40 ers are high on him. And we saw Tom Brady, of course, a sixth-round pick. But and you know, a Tanner McKee is not Tom Brady. I mean, he, the, you know, we got to pump the brakes a little bit as far as Tanner McKee goes and Mariota. I don't think Mariota's going anywhere. If he does, I'd be very surprised. But I think the Eagles are happy with him in a backup role. And the best-case scenario is is you you don't have to worry about it. Hertz is going to play all 17 games. So
2: what difference does it make (laughs) if that's the case? So Hertz isn't going to get hurt no matter what. No, I'd be one of those guys in a race on a football field. You know, you see those – Big defensive linemen somehow figure out how they got the ball. They don't know what to do. They're like running, running. Like I'm just running. Don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they get into it. They run every every bit of five yards, and they get it to the end zone. They score. They can barely get up. You see them on the sideline getting out. <laughs> that would be me, brother. That would be me. I, I'd be what right there next to you, Tom. What do
3: I do? What do I do? What do, I, do? I don't want to do this play.
2: Yeah, i there. Uh, uh, help me up! I'm, I'm dying here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just That's just exactly. To to the bench,
5: up. ripping that mask off
2: your face. I'd be pulling that mask Let's off your face, face on, the <laughs> on the bench. Come on, man, give me some.
4: I want some of that oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I saw a couple of tweets yesterday that I thought might be no- noteworthy, and we'll move on to some other teams. Uh, <laughs> hashtag Eagles need to find a way to keep Joe, Ringo, R- Rick and Goodrich could be a starting starting unit in two years. Um, next tweet, hashtag Eagles preseason has come to an end with a 27-13 loss to Indianapolis Colts. Some players who have helped themselves are Eli Ricks, Trey Sermon, uh, Tyrek Maddox, Williams, and Ben Van Sumeran. Some players who hurt their chances are Josh Seals, Nagata, and Kennedy. Um, what are your thoughts on those two tweets and, and your takeaways on them?
5: Yeah, listen, the Eagles don't put a lot of stock in the games, I don't think. I mean, yeah, Rick's played well. And, again, against the number one, he's matched up against Alec Pierce and and, uh, and uh, Michael Pittman, and, you know, he he did pretty good. Uh, he had a pick six in the opener. I, I like Rick. See, when I did my 53-man roster, he was probably the last guy I cut. Um, but it, it, the Eagles don't put a lot of stock in the games. I mean, listen, Nick Sirianni's preseason record the three summers he's been with Philadelphia is one, six, and two. He's won one game out of nine games in, in the summer, all right? They they don't care about the games. They don't play anybody. I mean, and what they do the first year? They went to the playoffs. They lost to the Bucks in the playoffs after his first summer. What did they do last year after they lost 48 to 10 to the Dolphins in the preseason finale? Oh, they went to the Super Bowl. So they don't care. What they care about is the practices. They had 15 open-to-the-media practices. So that is how they evaluate the roster. And Eli Ricks never played – a second-team snap or a first-team snap. He was a consistent third-team cornerback. Now, the litmus test is going to be, does the game matter? Did that game against the Colts, the way he played, does it matter enough that he's going to be on the roster? Then, that, then you know, then they do evaluate the games a little bit more than they say they do or appear to do. Uh, but, yeah, I like Ricks. I, I, you know, I'm not sure you can get him to the practice squad. Mario Goodrich, I think, is battling a bit of an injury. Um, I like Mekhi Garner an awful lot. Um, and the thing to remember with the cutdown days, and this is with every team, if you have vested veterans on your team, you can cut them um, because they're not subject to waivers, you know, so nobody can just claim them and, and you have to go there. They're, they're veterans. They're vested veterans. And Eagles have a few. They have Nick Mara, the linebacker. Uh, you know, they've got Cantavius Street, a D tackle. So these guys could get cut while they try to put players like Mario Goodrich on the roster, who's injured. And then you put him on IR to, to keep a guy for the, for the season. You have to uh, put him on your roster. Initially, if you were to IR somebody before putting your final roster and you don't, you're he's gone from your team, you can't keep him. Um, so, you know, they have to, a couple guys, the Eagles do that probably are IR candidates, but they want to keep him on the roster. A guy like Britton Covey, Mario Goodrich, uh, you know, maybe some other another player there too that I can't think of right now, but you can do that. You can cut these veteran players, keep the young guys that you want to keep on your roster. And then once it's submitted, bam, put them on IR and bring those veteran guys back. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on, not just like I said for the Eagles, but every team has vested veterans that they can cut if they want to keep a young guy on the roster, knowing that they're going to make an IR move once the rosters are submitted. Uh, so that, you know, that's one way to do it. Um, And I I suspect the Eagles may do that to keep a guy like Ricks or a Makai Garner um, or a a Goodrich, uh, you know, just to keep those guys around. But uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, and I'm not familiar with all the teams like the Colts or anyone else to say, yeah, that's what they could do to keep a young guy uh, is cut a vested veteran and then IR somebody and bring that vested veteran back. So that's just something to keep an eye on if you're a fan out there and you know your team pretty well. Uh, you know, look and see who your vested veterans are and know that if they get cut, like, don't, you know, don't let your draw hit the floor because it could be next day they're coming back.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It's just a way to play the game. It's a a strategy, if you will. Talking with Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and our official NFL contributor. Let's walk around the league a little bit and just see what kind of uh, takeaways that we've got going into the regular season. Uh, Talk about a few people who we know have their jobs. Uh, you know, certainly Love looks like he's he's got the part. Jordan Love, uh, uh, looks the part and is standing behind Aaron Rodgers for so long, uh, and has been able to really develop as a great quarterback. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Jordan Love takes over the range, the air, the era apparent there at Green Bay. Uh, what do you what do you thought? Do you think the Packers got love for Jordan? I think they did a couple years ago when – And when when Aaron Rodgers was doing his stuff and said, hey, I don't know if I want to play here anymore. And then they, you know, they they kept him around for a few more years. But at that time, uh, when they brought Love around, they said, okay, this guy's going to be our quarterback of the future. And they were right. So, Jordan Love, what are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, he's been, like you said, what, two or three years behind Rodgers? I mean, you you should be ready to hit the ground, and, you know, you you should know how to read defenses pretty well. You should know how to make all the throws you need to make. Um, So, yeah, I I think, yeah, I think he'll be fine. I just think that division, it's an interesting division, you know, with the Lions supposedly ready to take the next step into being the playoff team. Everybody thinks, you know, the Minnesota Vikings defense could possibly be – better with a new defensive coordinator, Flores, Brian Flores there, um, you know, and the Bears, you know, the Bears, who knows what you're going to get. Everybody thinks Justin Fields is going to make that next step. He seems to have, you know, another weapon or two around him. And, you know, talk about a place for Jonathan Taylor. The Bears would be a great fit for Jonathan Taylor, I think, uh, you know, if the Bears were interested and and the Colts come off their asking price, but they could afford him. So, you know, I think the Bears are interesting. So, you know, that whole division to me is really uh, one to watch, you know. And the the Packers, if Jordan Love steps in and and does what everybody thinks he can do after learning from Rodgers, then, yeah, they're going to be in the mix. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a a fun division to watch uh, as the year goes on.
2: You know, Adrian O'Connell out of Purdue uh, has has recorded two big-time throws no turnover, uh, worthy plays. If you were w- well, being very impressive there at in Vegas uh, with the Raiders, uh, Adrian O'Connell out of Purdue. What are your thoughts with him?
5: Yeah, I, you know what's up with Garoppolo? Is he healthy? I mean, I I, don't, I guess Garoppolo is going to be the guy there, right? I mean, he he's familiar with uh, McDaniels, Within, the head right? coach from yeah, from Patriots when they were together with the Patriots. So yeah, I think that. Uh, you know, from what I understand, and, and i got to be honest, I, I really haven't paid a whole lot of attention to the Raiders, but I would think that that's going to be Garoppolo's job over over uh, this kid from Purdue, I would guess. But maybe it's a short leash, and maybe that guy can come in. And, and again, you, it's the preseason. I don't know who he was playing against. You're, when you're talking about backup quarterbacks, usually they're going against backup players. And, you know, you have to temper that a little bit. Uh, unless they're getting work against the ones, it's a big step up, you know, from going from reserves to playing against the ones. So I don't know who Aiden O'Connell's playing against out there. Like, I don't know who his body of work has been put against. It's the same with Tanner McKee. Like, he, all his work except for, you know, a quarter and a half of football on Thursday night against the Colts, against the Colts' ones, you're playing against other teams' backups. So, you know, you have to kind of pump the brakes, like, and just say, you know what, let's see what he does against the ones. I mean, it's a whole nother level. Garoppolo has done that. And the other kid hasn't. So I would think Garoppolo is probably going to be the guy.
2: Well, you know, certainly we thought that he was going to be a dynamic bust-out player in San Francisco, and he turned it out – he's just not been – with me, with Garoppolo, he's just not been the kind of quarterback that you would think that you would you would want. Speaking of former teams with Garoppolo, San Francisco, since uh, their uh, – former number three overall pick, Trey Lance, to the Dallas Cowboys uh, for a, a mid-round uh, pick, mid-round, fourth-round pick, I believe is is what I saw Adam Schefter uh, tweet out, the compensation that the Cowboys are sending a fourth-round pick to the 49ers for Trey Lance, uh, again, and per league sources. But who, who am I to argue with with Sheffy's sources? Trey Lance, uh, to the Cowboys, what do you thoughts?
5: Well, I think any other general manager and coaches and stuff, they'd be fired if they would have made that kind of mistake. Like, you know, the 49ers staff did. And, you know, listen, John Lynch has really butchered some picks in the first round, Solomon Thomas, Ruben Foster, uh, you know, but the thing he does well and, you know, he's been, he picked guys late that have really helped Fred Warner, the linebacker was a third round pick. And of course, Brock Purdy was the last pick of the draft. So, if you can say, well, yeah, we missed on, on, on our third overall pick with Lance. And oh, by the way, we gave up three first round picks to get him, but Hey, we hit on the last pick of the draft too. So that kind of play balances itself out, I guess, but any other staff would have been fired uh, for that egregious error of picking Lance. Now we'll see what Lance becomes in Dallas. You know, they, they're, I think it's a great deal for Dallas. I mean, you're only giving up a fourth round pick and I know that's got some value to it. It's, you know that's your third day, the first round of the third day of a draft, and a lot of good players come in the fourth round. But uh, I think it's a good good deal for Dallas. I think if they can develop Lance and uh, and get him right, I mean Dak Prescott's contract is you know off the charts huge, and it's a big year for Prescott. If he doesn't take this team to the Super Bowl or at least win, you know the NFC Championship game, get get to that game, then I think he's pro- could be gone. And if you have Lance and you like what you see behind the curtain as he's developing, because We probably won't see him on the field in regular season games. Then, you know, you're more comfortable with moving on from Dak because, hey, we got Trey Lance and we like what he's shown us so far all season long working as the number two quarterback. So uh, I think it's a good deal for Dallas. And like I said, the 49ers staff, any other staff would have been canned,
2: uh, but they survived because of their ability to do good things later in the draft. Talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. We've only got a couple more minutes before we have to wrap it up and put a bowl on it. A name that we haven't heard in a while, and a name which thought was going to be, like, the guy. And then he had just that horrific injury. I mean, horrific injury that we remember with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is back, if you will. uh, And he appears to be the week one starter with Kyler Murray rehabbing uh, uh, from his uh, ACL pair still. Uh, but, uh, but there have been uh, – McCoy, I think, is, has, has been okay. Uh, certainly, you've got Clayton Tune the rookie, uh, and Arizona's now acquired Joshua Dobbs from the Browns, and which has added some competition uh, in a rebuilding year. But I, I think right now McCoy is already profiled and it has been named the starter for now uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. What are your thoughts? Arizona Cardinal is uh, – mess from the neck up or the neck down, if you will, like a lot of teams, i.e. Colts. Uh, So we'll see what these rebuilding years do. But Colt McCoy appears to be the quarterback for Arizona. What are your thoughts on you?
5: Yeah, he's a fill-in,
1: no doubt. I mean, you
5: know, Monty Austin, fourth, their new GM, only has like, I think I saw like three players under contract right now for the 2025 season. So he's really come in and cleaned house. We saw him make a deal earlier in the week. Again, trading a player to the NFC East, uh, uh, Isaiah Simmons, uh, kind of a hybrid player. They dealt for the New York Giants um, for, I think it was a fourth-round pick. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it was a seventh-round pick. So, yeah, so, you know, he's cleaning house over there. And, you know, McCoy is just stopped till until Kyler Murray comes in. He, Murray, by the way, is one of the three players, I think, that are signed through, uh, through the 2025 season. Um, so, you know, he's gonna, they're going to roll with him unless he shows he can't do it. Uh, But, you know, funny story, you know, Shane Steichen, you know, when he was here, you know, we always had Shane off the record in Philadelphia and he was just great off the record. And you get to know a person when he talks to you, when Mm -hmm. he steps off the podium and and comes down and says, Hey, what's up? And he starts talking anything. And uh, so we, again, we talked to him off the record and someone asked him, (laughs) who's going to win more games, Gannon, Jonathan Gannon in Arizona or you. And, uh, you know, he he just kind of laughed and, Said you know I you know I don't even want to tell you what he said but um it was funny because you know that's kind of the way it's kind of the way it, you know the Colts are certainly they need to build the talent level up on that team I you know they they got some pieces but they just don't have enough and you know I think without Taylor and no running game and Richardson to me you know he did some good things but he he really needs to learn how to develop some touch on his passes he overthrew some guys. Uh, you know, he's certainly fast. He's very good out of the pocket. He's going to do a lot of running this year would be my suspicion. And hopefully he stays healthy. He's a big, strong kid, but he's, he has some development to do in the passing area, which is to be expected. Um, so I think, you know, it's a legitimate question. Who wins more games, the Colts or the Cardinals? Uh, you know, I would think the Colts, but you know, we'll see, uh, you know the, the Colts are they got their quarterback and the Cardinals are waiting on their quarterback Murray and who knows when he'll come back so um, it's going to be an interesting race but i suspect both those teams could be top 10 draft picks this year
2: real quickly what are, what are your thoughts and and we'll go back to the Colts so just because of the homer card we we talked about the Colts overall you know, I, I like what we saw with Anthony Richardson. Let's move past the Jonathan Taylor thing. It's going to happen or it's not going to happen. You know, we talked about that earlier. I want to, I want your feel on my Indianapolis Colts, your feel on Anthony Richardson. I did not like the early penalties of Quentin Nelson, one of the highest paid uh, offensive linemen in the league. You know, I saw him make some really silly mistakes, uh, rookie mistakes, quite frankly, in the preseason, not the end of the world. Uh, and certainly the Colts were able to bounce back from that. But there again, we were playing a, a – a, a, a it, it, it wasn't the, – the start in the first half, it wasn't in what we would call a, an equal matchup. It was more of an equal matchup in the second half. But the Indianapolis, which, by the way, I turned off in the first half because that's where the starters were going. So, yeah, call me that guy. But
0: <laughs> –
2: I can't blame <laughs> I you. I can't it. blame you. I, 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 you know Gardner Minshew, and you know obviously from his days there in Philadelphia. I think he's a great QB two for Anthony Richardson. I kind of wish that he'd been the QB one and just let Anthony Richardson go in there. But hey, it's it's there now, and I worry about the welcome to the NFL hit. But he is a giant, so there's that that, that comes into his favor. He's six five, six six. I mean, he's he's, he's an unbelievable athlete, and to be able to make that determination about him with his limited resume. So, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, give, give me something to be optimistic about. I'm optimistic because <laughs> I, blew, I, I bleed blue anyway. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be going to the home opener, and we're going to be going to the concert the night before. And so, we're, we're, we're soaking it all up. We're we're, we're diehard Colts fans in, in this house. So, that's not going to go away. But we certainly mm-hmm. would like to have a, a better confidence, especially in the quarterback situation. So, I'm so afraid – it's going to be Gardner Minshew for six to eight weeks. <laughs> <Four> weeks <laughs> soon. But go ahead, buddy. Yeah. I, ran well, I think there.
1: that's what I. I
5: think you should be excited about Anthony Richardson watching a quarterback develop. You know, I mean, I. I think that's something that you should be excited about. See how he plays week to week. See if he's he's developing the way you'd like to see. Like I mentioned, the touch on his throws, he really needs to develop a better touch on his throws. He needs to, you know, become a little bit more accurate and, you know, get that completion percentage you know, up near 65%. I'm not sure that's going to happen. It takes a little time to do that. I know Jalen Hurts' his first year as a starter, he was at 60, 60% as a passer. Last year he was up near 67 So, you know, but you want to keep an eye on Richardson. I think that's exciting to have a, a young quarterback that you invested, uh, you know, a lot of resources in making him the fourth overall pick. So that's one reason. And, I, listen, I, there are some players on that team I like. Like I said, there's just not enough of them. Like, I love Zaire Franklin. Uh, number 44. He's a Philly kid, grew up in a tough area, grew up on welfare, on poverty, uh, you know, in in a horrible section of Philadelphia. And uh, he, he rose above it and he's a smart kid, went to Syracuse. You know, I talked to him after Tuesday's practice, really nice, likable guy. And what he set the franchise, the Colts franchise record for tackles last year, I think 166 of them. So he's not a real big guy, but man, he plays with, with, you know, I hate to say the hair on fire thing, but that's the way he plays, man. He, he plays with an intensity that's probably born from where he grew up and how he grew up and how he, what he needed to do to survive, uh, to grow up. So I, I love that guy. I mean, if the Eagles had him, he'd be the best linebacker on the team, uh, by a long shot, you know, better than the Kobe Dean and whoever else the Eagles are rolling out there at quarterback. So I love that kid. Uh, he's in his sixth year. So, you know, you wonder how you hope that he's not going to spend his prime in a rebuild, uh, but I love him. Uh, You know, I think he's a good player and you mentioned, I, I like parts of their offensive line. I think, you know, they can do nice things, although it was kind of worrisome to see them not do more against the Eagles backups. I mean, there was one point in that game. I looked out there and the Colts had their starting offense on the field. And I looked at the Eagles defense and I counted maybe three players that are going to make this team, maybe three and they only scored 17 points. And, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more success there, but again, the offensive line is, is, is is doing some nice things. So there's a reason to be optimistic. It, there's going to be growing pains and, you know, you're going to have to, you know, build this team through the draft over the next year or two and, and, and get better players at, at, at more positions. Um, but you got one at the quarterback. I, I, I'd really be interested to watch him develop if you're a Colts fan.
2: Well, I am that. So we'll see what happens. Ed P. Router from Philadelphia Eagles. Love having you on. They're going to be excited to, to have you on uh, through the season. I, one of these days, I'll get you in on our fantasy football league, but that's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> maybe one, maybe, one, maybe when I retire, Tom. Maybe when I get out yeah. of this crazy business of yeah. pro football. I, I, do, I do have one question for you. So I, myself, am an Eagles fan. Uh, by the years, being associated with you and just following the Eagles, so I, I like the Eagles. They're my secondary team. Uh, so, obviously, Colts first. So I'm watching uh, the first touchdown, if you will, of Anthony Richardson get excited i get it but the fly eagle fly crap i i don't know as an eagles fan i think i would have been offended by that did you did you hear anything about that any rumblings about that well, because it was that it was the highlight of the real of the game if you will with him doing the fly eagle fly yeah
5: you know that's kind of the, the mocking chant that uh, opposing players do so you know he he hit it right on cue you know he was he was right there ready for it and you know eagles fans you know they don't they don't like that stuff there were some booze and things like that, especially when you know, you're know you doing it against you know, second and third team guys. But, you know, he's excited. I mean, you know, listen, he's a 22-year-old kid or however old he is, 21-year-old kid. I mean, you know, you're excited. He's you know, football's yeah. an, emotion. yeah, it's an emotional game, you know. You you know, you don't want to say, oh, hey, it was the second team. We scored a big deal. I mean, yeah, get excited. I mean, that makes it fun. You know, Eagles fans take exceptions to that, though, and, uh you know but I, you can't blame the kid i mean you know if that was me 21 years old you're darn right i'd be celebrating like crazy too i don't care if i'm playing against you know a team full of grandmothers i'm, I'm
2: celebrating i love it i i love these pre uh pre-game pictures that they show on the app and you guys probably have the same thing you know of them get, getting to the airport or getting to the field or whatever and they obviously do pictures of anthony richardson He's got some wild outfits, man. I, I, I has got to be <laughs> one of those guys, I tell you. I'm like, what is he wearing? He, he's he's wearing on, on to the Eagles thing. He was wearing like a Colts high school Letterman jacket, if you will. Like a like you would yeah. see back in high school, back in the day, when they'd have your number on it or stripes on it, and and they'd have a Colts on it. It was just like. I, I don't know. It, it looked like a high school Letterman jacket, to be honest with you. And then another time he was, it looked like he was wearing a shirt that was designed to be uh, worn to be mowing the lawn or something like that. It was not a good look. <laughs> He's, he's gonna be with That's that's the word. He's, he's prolific. He's he's prolific. Uh he's, still he's gonna be ways in the fashion hopefully,
4: world. Yeah. Hopefully
2: he can he can hire somebody that can hire. but don't ask me about fashion. I'm 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 the last guy to ask about fashion. Ed Kratz, beat Roders of the Philadelphia man. Eagles. We appreciate you joining us and we look forward to a great season with you. working people. Find your working masterpieces, sir.
5: My pleasure, Tom. Always, like, coming on board here. Uh, at Kratzee, Twitter, eh? at K R A C Z E, You can find uh, my my stuff if you're interested for the Eagles and look back on some of the stuff about the Colts. Um, I, it was – listen, I like Shane in a, a an awful lot, and I really wish him all the best. And I, I felt that way about Frank Reich, too, you know. Like, I was really a big fan of Frank Reich, and I love that these guys go to the Colts. You know, this connection between Philly and Indianapolis with, with our football team right. is really pretty remarkable. Um, but, you know, Shane is one of those guys, man, that, you know, just such a, if you ever get a chance to just talk to him off the cuff, he's just like a regular, he's just like a regular guy. He does very little ego. He's, you know, he's just a, a fun guy to talk to. And, and, I, and I love that about Shane. And I hope he does, you know, good things. It's going to, like I said, it's going to be a little bit of a growing process and, you know, you hope to get culture patient with him and give him some pieces to work with, and he, he gets it figured out.
2: Well, I, I certainly enjoyed uh, the pregame uh, shots that they were showing with him down on the field. And players were just coming up and loving on him and joking and just kind of like, you know, cutting up with him. And, you know, it was just like he never left, you know. And, and uh, I don't know the reception that he got from the fans, but I, 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 from judging from the uh, pregame stuff, all the players loved having him back in town. So. I'm yeah.
5: looking forward to it. speaks volumes to the type of person he is. It really does. All right, buddy. Have
2: yourself a good weekend. Stay safe. and We'll talk to you soon. Yep. Enjoy the show tonight, Tom, and the game tomorrow. All right. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Ed Kratz, meet right from Philadelphia Eagles Com. Ah, Thank you to uh, John and Nate, a couple fantasy football managers that are with us in fantasy football. We're bringing back your fantasy football huddle. If you'd like to join that, just hit it with us, and we'll try to get you on. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor is down in Daytona, breaking down the NASCAR playoffs. We couldn't get with Tony D from the Tony, Tony Donahue for the Tony D Podcast and, and the fan place, but we'll catch up with him next week. To we'll recap, uh, Gateway in Indianapolis, and then Ed Kratz, B-Rider right for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com, our official NASCAR contributor, breaking down the NFL preseason. It's time for football. My name is Tom Marcus. I'm out of here. Deuces. Don't drink and drive. It isn't gold.